0: Hi, this is Dennis Dunaway of Alice Cooper. You're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology.
1: Welcome to Pamela De Bar's Pajama Party, a Pantheon podcast. Music. Culture conversation, men
0: play a song for me.
1: and good old-fashioned rock and roll. Excuse me, what a so now, I give you Miss Pamela and her pajama party.
2: Well, dolls, today is a thrilling day for me because I have a very old friend on the show and someone who... You know, we never got involved romantically or anything. It was always a friendship. And so there's only really good vibes between us. (laughs) Anyway, today I have Alice frickin' Cooper on the show. Alice Cooper is on my show today. I'm so thrilled. I can't wait to chat with him and catch up and reminisce. So that's who you get to hear today. You are listening to Pamela Daybar's Pajama Party on Pantheon Podcasts. Pantheon has 40 different podcasters now and it's all music related. So please check everyone out because we want to share all our wonderfulness with you. And I also am a groupie. Well, I was, but you know, I still have a groupie heart and it's a misunderstood word. Actually, Alice and I get involved. I'm going to ask Alice what he thinks about the word groupie and we'll see where that goes. I think he's gonna. I think he loved groupies. Anyway, um, I want you to tell a friend about Pantheon Podcasts. Tell all kinds of friends about us, okay? And if you want to know more about me, you can go to debar.com I do rock and roll tours when you know when everything gets back to normal, and I have a column at pleasekillme.com. So please read those. And uh, let's 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 hook up with Alice now. I can't tell you what a big fucking thrill this is.
0: You know, I've realized that we've known each other for almost 50 years.
2: Yes, 50 years. Oh, more than 50 years.
0: Yeah. Isn't oh, yeah. that something? Yeah.
2: 52 years.
0: That is. I met Shep. Well, Shep has been my manager now for 52 years. So that's about the same it, time.
2: Yeah. The same amount of time. Do you think there's anyone else in, in the industry that has had a manager that long?
0: No. And no. we still don't. We, we still have no contract at all. That we is, never have.
2: That's just kind of magical, right? It, yeah, it really is. It's a lesson. It's yeah. a lesson for people.
0: Yeah, no no contract at all. And Shep just had a baby. What? Shep's got a little boy named Benny.
2: And which wife is this?
0: No, this is uh, his girlfriend, Kate, okay. in Maui. <laughs> and she is great. She reminds me of Anne Hathaway. Oh, okay. Well, good for him. Yeah, no, it's Man. great. He is so happy. I've never seen him so happy.
2: Oh, that's so sweet. Does he have yeah. other kids?
0: No, just this one. Just oh, this is his first baby. Oh no baby. wonder!
2: Oh my god! Yeah. Gosh.
0: So it's. But I mean, I'm talking about two weeks, three weeks old.
2: Oh, well, I sure remember the landmark with all of you guys there.
0: <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> I just saw Neil yesterday, and oh, uh, I, love I see. Neil. I, I he was see my Dennis. Dude. I see Dennis and Mike all the time. You know, and
2: and you have toured with them off and on through the years, right? Yeah,
0: you know, we when we broke up, we never broke up with any bad blood, at all. Right. In 1974, it just kind of came to a point where we quit creating together. And we had 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 like six platinum albums together. And it just came to this halt where we just didn't have that spark anymore. And we all kind of went our different ways. And that's when I started, I did Nightmare. And that was a big production. I mean, that was just a big, big Broadway kind of production.
2: And you became a household name. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you know, here's the deal. <laughs> I, I realized, Shep and I both realized one thing that you could paint yourself into a corner. I I I was the villain, I was Rock's villain, and that was great. You I established that. Parents hated me, kids loved me. And then we realized can't you can't live there. Right. Uh, so I started doing things like Johnny Carson, I started doing things like but just sitting on the DS talking, you know, yeah, making people yeah. laugh. So, so it, it opened up everything and uh, I could go now a bunch of different places, you know.
2: Well it it humanized you too, because you were a monster until then. Yeah. Just that a was monster, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was very cool. I loved how you 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 were proud of playing golf and you you let everybody see that side of you as this really pleasant human being I think it was a really important part well, of your I had amazing. to be a clo- I, w-
0: I was a closet golfer I well I had to be a closet golfer because <laughs> every kid hated the fact that I played golf and so did their dad you know <laughs> but the deal was was I told him I said hey, look your dad and mom won't let you come to my concerts do you know how to really hurt your dad tell him that I can beat him in golf oh the fact that Alice Cooper could beat him in golf, all of a sudden, I had a whole different respect for them. So you're
2: a very good golfer.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I play tournaments. I mean, I'm, I shoot like one, two over over par. I play with all the big, all the big golfers.
2: God, that must be so much fun. How do you get along with those people? Are they like equals to you, or?
0: Well, well, all they want to talk about is rock and roll. You yeah, know, of course. Did you did you know Jim Morrison? Did you know <laughs> Jimi Hendrix? Did you know you know I went, Yeah, those guys were all Hollywood vampires. <laughs> you <know? laughs>
2: well, you know, that's what I always get asked, also.
0: <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> now well, do you see go. do you see the girls?
2: Well, there's only Mercy and Sparky left of the oh. GTOs. Yeah. what happened gotten what happened, quite a what long hap- time.
0: What happened to Gigi?
2: Um, those girls were pre-GTOs and I have no idea what happened to the pre-GTOs do you remember Jonna
0: yeah yeah Yeah,
2: Jonna Jonna lost her mind she thought she was married to the spirit of Jimi Hendrix ah I I interviewed (laughs) her for my book rock bottom and she carried around a pamphlet of of pictures of Jimi with all these different expressions so that she could talk to him and find the right expression for his response for their conversation wow yeah yeah.
0: Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty serious. <laughs> so that's what happened to
2: Jana, but uh, Mercy I just saw yesterday. Oh, she came, great! She came to visit um, for three hours, and it was all. It's always fascinating. She really has a lot of conspiracy theories that she, you know, has believed through the years. Yeah. But it's fun. As long she, she was a, she was a was queen
0: confused. of sarcasm. Yes, still absolutely, <laughs> absolutely
2: full of irony.
0: But oh, she's great.
2: great. So, I mean, I've known her now for 52 years, also. Yeah. I remember when she walked in the door of Frank's house and the GTOs had just formed out of the Laurel Canyon Ballet Company. And he, she walked in and he pointed to her and he said, There is your new GTO. And I was like, No. <laughs> we she were was... all fairly goody two shoes. Not really, but um, yeah. But yeah, that, so... that
0: was, you know, you girls were a, really a unique bunch. Because you were so much smarter than all the other girls. You know what I mean? You, you had that artistic thing, but you were so much smarter.
2: Well, uh, Frank said to write songs. And, of course, the idea that Frank said write songs, we thought, well, we can do this. Because he thought we could. And he wanted to, you know, get our stories in Laurel Canyon and on the strip down for posterity you know that's how he liked to he wanted to save things he was a master puppeteer and i wanted to ask you you know how how did you find him i mean were you a fan of his before you guys auditioned that crazy morning that was supposed to be evening
0: (laughs) he was the maestro you know if you talked to anybody um there was nobody more knowledgeable than frank zappa even the beatles thought that you know, yeah. even, the, it didn't matter who it was. If you said Frank Zappa, there was this enormous amount of respect on a level of, oh yeah, he's not this, anybody in the business knew he wasn't this freak freak, like the public thought. Yes, they, exactly. They knew him as the maestro. If you were in the mothers, you were the best of the best. Yes, he was. Or a, you couldn't get in the mothers. He yeah. was yeah. a
2: very hard taskmaster. Yeah. I went to many rehearsals because I dated a few of them. Um Howard Kalen
0: Oh Howard's great uh, yeah, I know.
2: How about their harmonies in the mothers? Oh my god, it was so great.
0: Do you know uh, that they that they sang on at least fifteen of my albums? Oh. They do the backgrounds on almost all my albums.
2: Oh my gosh, that is awesome. I didn't yeah, no, realize that. And
0: and they they were the opening act in the uh, you know, back there in the the nightmare days and everything. Yes. So
2: Oh, are you yeah. in touch with Mark and Howard?
0: I see Howard in, uh, I mean, I see um, Mark in Nashville. He's a professor.
2: Yes, I know he is. I've been in touch with Mark. Wow.
0: And he lost <laughs> a lot of weight. I didn't recognize yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Howard, I guess, is up in Seattle somewhere. Uh, yes, he
2: is. He moves around a lot. He gets into various romantic relationships and he moves to the where the lady lives. That's 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 why, that's why he's in Seattle right now. But we're still in touch. Um, I just want to go back to that day. Now, how did you meet Miss Christine? Actually,
0: I think I think that we met Miss Christine at the Cheetah. Remember okay. the Cheetah Club? Yeah, yeah, of course. We played um, we played the uh, a big show there. It was uh, uh, I'm trying to think what it was. The Doors played that night. Uh, it was. Uh, a, a, some big show at the Cheetah, we were the house band there at, at at the time. And everybody was on acid, 6,000 people, all, you know, this, they were all oh, groovy wow. and everybody. And then we came on and uh, uplighting. and we all looked like, you know, we all looked like demented clowns, you know? <laughs> and we scared the hell out of everybody in that building. Everybody ran for the door because they were all on. Suddenly we were the bad trip, you know, and there were three or four people left. Miss Christine was there. Um, What was the guy's name? Dancers, the dancers. uh, Uh, Carlos and Bernardo. And Vito's dancers. Oh, Vito's dancers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all there and they were just kind of like we were this thing. We didn't mind a little violence. We didn't mind a little, you know, we were not hippies at all. And it scared everybody to death. And that's, I think that's how Christine went back to Frank and said, I found this band. Right. That you really right. Should meet.
2: <laughs> well, and then you guys showed up at 7 a.m. She said he wants to see you at 7 o'clock. And you guys showed up at 7 a.m., right?
0: We were a little over anxious. Yeah. I mean,
2: that's, that's, that's Alice <laughs> Cooper lore. That is, I mean, you know, I do these rock and roll tours um, of Laurel Canyon, Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, I'm with the band tours and I get a big van and driver and, you know, several times a year and I take them through all these places. And that's one of my favorite stories to tell when you <laughs> go by the cabin, I tell, you know, so here's the story of that. And everybody always laughs because it's hysterical.
0: Well, we were, we, you know, our stage clothes were our st- street clothes. Yes. We didn't, we didn't have street clothes. You guys know that because half of those clothes were yours. Yes, we and- <laughs> helped dress you up.
2: I know. I'm very proud of that.
0: Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and so we show up at Frank's at seven in the morning in our stage clothes, full makeup, and start playing. And well, he, he was asleep down, halfway done. He had a cup of coffee and a cigarette. Yeah. Yes. And he goes, What are you doing? And I said, You said seven o'clock. Oh. And he uh, said,
2: Alice, you had to have known. <laughs> I mean, wow. That's a very rube thing to do.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> it set the tone.
2: Okay. <laughs> well he did sign you.
0: He signed it. Give us Judo baby. Whoa.
1: But it gets me so hot I can scream.
0: Well, the great thing about it was he listened to our songs on Pretties for You, which were the weirdest songs ever. And he went, where are you guys from? And we said, Phoenix. And he (laughs) went, no, wait a minute. He says, San Francisco, New York, New Orleans, maybe. Phoenix? And we went, yeah. And he says, your songs are like two minutes long and there's 28 changes in each song. And I went, yeah. And he goes, I don't get it. And I went, well, is that good? And he goes, well, I'm signing you because I don't get it. Perfect. (laughs) When you can tell Frank Zappa, when Frank Zappa says he doesn't get what you're doing, that's a big star. Oh, it
2: certainly is. Since he grew up with Captain Beefheart.
0: (laughs) He he just could not figure us out at all. He could not figure out what we were doing at all. But I was over there, you know, uh, babysitting with Miss Christine for Dweezil. Uh, no that was moon moon unit and moon moon, yeah. moon that's right moon
2: Weasel wasn't born yet that's yeah.
0: right uh, for moon units and yes. uh, and after and then after that we you know we, we went in and did our songs we did the album in 3 days amazing you know, Frank just he came in and listened to it and went okay yeah okay <laughs> good he says I don't want you to to produce this album oh the power that you guys have is that you can do these complicated little songs live and he said that's what I want on tape so, you so know,
2: he didn't produce that record.
0: Well, he sat and he engineered it pretty much. OK, OK. Yeah. He didn't try to change anything. And, and
2: did your life kind of change after that?
0: Well, you know, nobody would touch us. I mean, you know, every major <laughs> studio was looking for the next Buffalo Springfield. Yes, you know, <laughs> that's right. And, and here we were, you know, we were anything but that. Uh, in fact, I tell people this all the time. We, we finally got a gig at the whiskey, right? Oh, I remember. And I looked up at the sign, and I went Alice Cooper and somebody named Led Zeppelin. Yes, exactly. Nobody, nobody had ever heard of Led Zeppelin except probably you guys.
2: Well, that that was their first trip to America.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
2: so, so they, we, they were brand new.
0: And we got and we got to, along with those guys so well. Those guys ended up being our you know our best friend. The very next night we played the Cheetah Club, and I said, "There's some guy named Pink Floyd playing with us tonight." <laughs>
2: Boy, those were the days, huh?
0: I mean, everybody wow. was a local band. Everybody was just a local band. Yes, nobody, I know. And everybody nobody knew. Yeah. Yes,
2: and everybody commingled and got along. You could walk into the Whiskey Gogo Go-Go and see about 10 famous acts just hanging out together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, the Doors were the only band that took us under their wing. I mean, yeah. they, that, uh, Robbie and, and Jim and the guys, they kind of like, let us come down and see their recording studio and let us watch them record. And for some reason, they took us under their wing. And so the Mothers and the Doors were our two bands.
2: Wow, man. Too great. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite memories of my entire life was your coming out party.
0: (laughs) Right? You guys were, well, I mean, you guys were the bells of the ball there. I mean, you know.
2: Well, how about your opening acts that, that, that heavy set stripper? TV mama, TV mama. Oh my <laughs> Lord. Now did Frank hire all those acts, the Shep. acts
0: that
2: Shep came on found, before you?
0: Yeah. Shep found all those acts.
2: Oh, Shep did. Yeah. Okay.
0: We had her jump out of a cake. Well, mercy jumped out of the cake. Well, there were a bunch of cakes. <laughs> oh, were there? Okay. Okay.
2: I, I remember mercy was supposed to be topless. Now she, she, was actually quite prim underneath and she would not be topless uh, and, and yeah but she jumped out of that cake on angel dust
0: oh and, no
2: and you know a lot of people thought i'm sure you know this that it was a coming out party of a deb those things actually happened back then. yeah yeah. So, so people were there like Rod McEwen and Richard Chamberlain. You Some of the these?
0: strangest com, com, yeah, know. <laughs> combinations of people, you know, Be,
2: because they thought it was a Deb coming out and, <laughs> and mercy took gobs of this cake and just hurled it into the audience. And it splattered all over all these people who were going, what the fuck
0: is this? <laughs>
2: it was so all, great.
0: All of the cigarette girls are drag Queens.
2: Yes. Remember oh, that? The I forgot that.
0: Yeah. It was yeah. so
2: far ahead of everything. Well, mm-hmm. it was
0: Hells of Poppin'. We tried to recreate the movie Hells of Poppin' where anything could happen. Well, and it kind of did. It did. That was a it really, did. really good party. That was one of the, it was back to doing the old Hollywood publicity stunt. Yes. You know, where and was that was re- at where
2: the, ambassador
0: that the Ambassador Hotel.
2: Ambassador Hotel. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And and Mercy was on Angel Dust. This is my an image I will never forget. She was on Angel Dust, and Brian Jones had just died. Oh, and she boy. was it was her hero, the love of her life. They hadn't met yet, or or they never actually did. But yeah. she had dedicated her diary to him.
0: Oh, and wow! She
2: was so devastated about his death, and she was smoking Angel Dust in backstage, and she was demanding. She was like, Brian Jones appear before me, calling him (laughs) from heaven, you know? And uh, unbelievably, at that moment, a a blonde guy walked through the door, a blonde guy with bangs walked through the door, and she crawled over to him and grabbed a hold of his legs and said, he has come! He has come! (laughs) She believed it was Brian Jones there. It was hysterical, and that kid didn't know what hit him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think think looking up... To find Brian Jones might have been optimistic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very true.
0: Very. You know, people always say, well, you know, there's a new guitar player in rock and roll heaven. And I went, not the guy I knew, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all those deaths that came one after the other. My God.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, uh, you know. Uh, well, you know, the whole Hollywood vampires thing was based on that. When I did a movie with Johnny Depp called uh, Dark Shadows, yes, and I told him about the drinking club up at the Rainbow. you yeah. know, every night we would the vampires would show up there, and we decided let's do a band, a bar band, and just honor all of our dead drunk friends. You know, and Good that's idea. really what it was, and that's really <laughs> what it was johnny uh-huh. and joe perry and uh duff mckagan and everybody as everybody loved those bands they were our they were the guys that we got high with and they were the guys that we drank with and we played you know tours with and stuff and everybody wanted to be in that band because of the fact that it was honoring those people yeah you know
2: did you have to weed people out in order to get your perfect array of people
0: <laughs> well we knew who who the band was going to be Okay. And people were were absolutely shocked at how good of guitar player Johnny Depp was. Yeah. You know, I mean, he still, I mean, he he gets up there and plays with Joe Perry as, you know, pretty much on the same par. Joe is of course a, uh, you know, on another league. But yeah. Yes. Johnny can play with anybody. He's playing with Jeff Beck right now. Is you know? he really? Yeah. Wow, so Jeff I mean, Beck. Wow. The best. He's the best. Him and Jimmy Page are, you know. Yeah. Come on. You can't well, get he, much was, uh, he
2: was on our record. Jeff Beck <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, so we we hung out with them, you know. The, the groupie scene back then, you know, was not just sleeping with obviously not sleep, sleeping with everyone. Yeah. We wanted to be a part of their lives and help them, right? So we would take them to the the very first. Well, you must remember this. The very first vintage clothing store was the Glass Farmhouse.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yes.
2: And we would take all these different British bands there to deck them out. Yeah. And so so it wasn't just
0: you know. Well, here was the funny. <laughs> the the clothes that we wore on the back of the Pretties for You album was from the Ice Capades.
2: <laughs> oh, how wonderful. We,
0: the Ice Capades had a sale where all their old clothes, they were selling them for 50 cents a pound. And we went in and bought anything with glitter on it, you know, anything <laughs> with, with uh, any kind of shiny, and that was what we... <laughs>
2: I wish I'd been at that sale, because that's the kind of stuff I like to wear back then.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Were 40s bathing suits and, you know, a- anything vintage. You know, what What gave us the idea? Why did we want, maybe because it was cheap at the time. No, no, really no. Cheap.
0: You guys had that look down so well. Especially, you had that 40s Betty Hutton kind of 30s, 40s look down really well. Yeah, we used Miss to Christy, dress like Miss Christine was more 1920s. She was yeah. sort of more uh, silent film, you know. Yes.
2: Well, she made all her clothes cuz she was on speed. You're talking about Christine. Yeah. She made all of her clothes out of the most I mean, who would have thought to 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 make a jacket out of a a quilt from the turn of the century? That velvet cut I mean, it's still imitated, you know. She Yeah. Yeah. She was very early in the the, the fashion. In fact, the GTOs are are considered fashion mavens at this point.
0: Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was
2: really, really great. I loved, you know, the last time I saw you was at your premiere for Super Duper Alice Cooper.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a
2: great documentary.
0: Well, they, you know, what they did really well was they showed the two, the Jekyll and Hyde thing. Yeah. You know, um, the, the fact that there was a character Alice Cooper and then there was the person. Yes. You know. Yes. And there, when I finally got sober like 37 years ago, I realized that I had to separate the two. I couldn't live that character offstage. Right, right. And right. so when I separated the two, I enjoyed now playing Alice Cooper because now I didn't have to be him all the time.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, so I really I looked that. forward to being the villain every night. I, I, you know, I'd i go, oh boy, I get to be, you know, I was like an Alan Rickman kind of condescending, you know, looking down on everybody with disdain.
2: Yes, and, yes. And that
0: was great. That's still the way I play Alice, you know. yes.
2: And how about how long you've been playing in Alice? It's: a,
0: it's Well, 60, 65 65? 66.: God. You know.
2: And when you started out, you know, could you have imagined still doing it at 70? I think we're the same age. We were of us. born in 1948.
0: Yes, nobody yeah. ever thought of getting past 30. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's so true. Who would ever think? 42 years later, you'd still no, be doing this I'm, and doing it even more now. I know I, I'm in two touring bands. God, you know, and, 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 you,
2: how, and how I feel great. How yeah. do you, I was going to say the stamina. And I mean, you're, you, you, do you think it helps keep you youthful? Obviously it does. Well,
0: well yeah. And, and yeah, I've been married 44 years. Cheryl and I've been married 44 years. That's so years.
2: wonderful. It's got to be she, one of the longest reigning rock and roll relationships. Oh
0: yeah. And she's the best. I mean, she's in the show now she plays mademoiselle guillotine and she she plays the dead bride and she looks gorgeous. I mean, she's a knockout and dances as good now as she did when she was 18. That
2: is so wonderful. I dance too. I think dancing keeps you youthful, of course.
0: Did you, when you said the Laurel Canyon Ballet Company, what was that?
2: That was the GTOs and extra girls before we became the gtos we okay. were the laurel canyon ballet company we danced with love remember them of oh, course are you
0: kidding um, one of my favorite arthur lee was one of my favorites
2: yes love i just uh, johnny Eccles is one of my uh guests on my podcast it's a oh, great, great one hey you when you listen. talk to
0: him say hi for me because oh i will we just and did the vampire just did seven plus seven is oh yeah.
2: fantastic does he yeah. know that
0: i don't know oh I don't know. i'll
2: tell him yeah. um but we danced with three dog night you know, sure. and we always had nicknames for all these people. We called them two dog heat. But we, de-
0: <laughs> we danced
2: with three dog night and uh, love, and sometimes the birds, and whoever would let us get up on stage. We started with Vito's dancers.
0: Yeah, Vito's Vito's yeah. dancers, sure. And,
2: and then he was he was too rough. Yeah. You you know he would literally pick us up and throw us across the room and we yeah. was getting a little tired of that he was messing up our finery, yeah. so we we broke off as as the Laurel Canyon Ballet Company and danced with these groups and then Christine started working for Frank she was part of the Laurel Canyon Ballet Company right. and and that's how we met him she invited okay. us up to meet him and I was I was such a huge fan and I was so thrilled and like scared shitless to be in yeah. his presence you know yeah. He was, he was the king of Laurel Canyon. You know, he was the freaky king of Laurel Canyon. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, and no. so,
2: so he, he liked us enough to put let us dance with the mothers. I remember our, our first big night dancing with him, we wore bibs and diapers. That was it, all of us, except Mercy. She always dressed like a gypsy. And we got kicked off the stage, and they threatened to, the mothers to ha- to get off. It was Orange County. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they they threatened to kick us off. Kick him off if we didn't get off stage. So that was our debut. And then he thought, well, the, you know, he loved our stories. We'd sit around and chat with him. He, so he created. He created GTOs. He created Girls Together outrageously. That's
0: that, how is, that, that is that uh, is because went that that's Cheryl's background is ballet. She was with Joffrey Ballet and oh, Hubbard wow. Street, and so she's like prima ballerina. But now she plays all these horrific characters. And <laughs> but she still in her, she still has that ballet background. You know, still teaches, still teaches ballet, too. Oh, how fantastic. Yeah.
2: Well, that must be cool to have her on the road with you all the time. Oh, it's
0: so great. I mean, it must
2: make a big difference.
0: We're like Burns and Allen. It's, you know, because, uh, (laughs) well, it's because I'm putting my makeup on. She's putting her makeup on and she's going, okay, tonight, when you slit my throat, make sure that the audience (laughs) can see the, you know, (laughs) this is our love talk together. Oh, that's awesome.
2: Look, I got a new kitten.
0: Oh, uh, look at you. Yes, she's his, going. Eh, I don't care. His, his name is
2: Pico. It's a it's a boy. Uh yeah, that's great. Well, well I, have I, love about the, eight... I love
0: you. I love your lamp, by the way.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes, it's pretty great. Very my, cool. my, you know, I still collect uh, old stuff. I don't know. It just stuck with me. Just the vintage things are so much nicer. Everything. lady,
0: lady in the trap. I love that, too.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm a Disney freak.
0: Oh, well, I, when, when Cheryl and I Can you
2: my Disneyland sign? I'm, I want you to see the sign above that see? Oh,
0: look at that, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs>
2: I'm still a total Disney freak
0: Yeah Cheryl and I go to Italian restaurants And every once in a while I put a meatball on the table And I roll it over with my oh, notes there.
2: you're so lucky to have that long-term <laughs> relationship I've been single for nine years You know, it's hard, right?
0: Yeah, well to
2: meet that right person Oh my God, you're so you lucky You would
0: not have any problem, though
2: but I do, I'm finicky.
0: Yeah. You know, you I know? listen to Michael all, on the radio all the time, Debars. Yes, I know. He uh, loves you.
2: He well, he he saw you in Paris recently. Yes, Paris, that's right. Right? Yeah, yeah. like last yeah. year. Yeah. He enjoyed he enjoyed hooking up with you that's there.
0: That's
2: great. Yeah. Ah. Well, I have a about 15 pages of questions, and I know we only have an hour. There you go. So um, all right, okay. I want to comment on only women bleed because I think it's an incredibly important song.
1: Way ahead
2: of the curve, come on. Way ahead. Man
0: got his woman to take his seat
1: He got the power, oh She got the need She spends her life through pleasing up a man to feed some dinner, oh anything she can She cries alone at night too often
0: She smokes and drinks and don't come home at all Only women bleed Only women bleed Only women bleed It was one of those songs that uh, I was writing with uh, Dick Wagner uh, right above Frank's house up at the, uh, I lived right, right above him. Uh, I have the, and the Mickey Dolan's lived next door oh. and, and we oh. were writing another song and I always had the television on and somebody said something that sounded like only women bleed. And I said, did he just say only women bleed? Oh. And I wrote it down. Oh. Oh. Dick was playing this little figure and I said, wait a minute, this, this is really a good song. And we started writing it, and we wrote it in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Wow. What's and it, co- it's been, it was covered by Tina Turner, Eda James. I just
2: listened to Etta James' version. It was so incredible. Yeah. How did that feel to have these people covered? Women, really important women.
0: Well, it was like, I think it ended up being their anthem, you know? Yeah. Because it was talking about how women bleed emotionally.
2: Yes, I know.
0: And I know. Men, men just kind of, uh, well, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> right you know
2: right but it was really important you know it could be a, a a me too you know anthem
0: absolutely i mean it comes it comes around now and it is that you yeah know? It i is. mean it really is that I know, uh, wow. and we still do it on stage of course i do it you know and cheryl cheryl comes out of the thing like this actually she looks like a gto she's Ooh. all in pink and she's got the makeup on and
2: Oh doing this little
0: ballet and of course I stab her to death and she dies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is so cool. Oh my god. I, and in your book you called me G- the ginger roger's of the group. I thought that was so sweet.
0: But you you were always to me that 40s movie yeah. star.
2: It, it's cuz I I wore those bathing suits. I would wear those 40s bathing suits with real high heels. So yeah. that's probably how you got the Ginger Rogers. That was so sweet. Thank you. Well, but you
0: had that look though, too. You always had that that forties look that was to me always really a I always thought that look was great. That was such <laughs> a great, you know, those women back in those movies. The pinups. The, yeah, the pinup yeah, the girls yeah. were yeah. still still works. It still works. Yes.
2: Isn't that funny how certain things just last forever? Yeah. That yeah. imagery. Now, a bunch of people, obviously, a bunch of bands copied you after you became successful. And had, and was that okay with you? Oh, I, know I you- had
0: no problem. Everybody wanted there to be a big feud between Bowie and my, myself. And David and I got along really well. You know, I mean, he came to see our show and he brought the, the Spiders, his band, yeah, to see our show. And he said, that's what I want to do. And, you know, but in a different way. And I totally got that. I, I, so people said, "Well, you know there's going to be this feud." And I went, "No, David Bowie just took something, and he invented his own character.: Yeah
2: he certainly made it his own, yeah.
0: yeah, so I mean, it had nothing to do. I, I loved the fact that it was a new form of theatrics.: Yes. I mean, well, we were the really theatrical band, that. and they, yeah, they became a, they became another version of it. Kiss yeah. came along, and yeah. you know, they, yeah, they yeah. Call, all
2: of them. they all imitated Alice Cooper, let's face it.
0: Well, they said in an interview, if one Alice works, then four Alice's ought to work. <laughs> yes. I told, them where sure. to buy their, I told them where to buy their makeup. And where was that? That down on Hollywood Boulevard at the, uh, you know, the store down there, the, what is it, the uh, theatrical store. Yes, I remember it. So we were all friends. I mean, I, I never had a feud with anybody. Iggy and I were best friends. You know, I mean, they wanted that to be a, another thing because I was from Detroit. He was from Detroit. Right. And, and Iggy and I were never at odds with each other. How about Marilyn? Yeah, you know, Marilyn. I got to know Marilyn, and this was a great story. I, I had never met Marilyn, right? He kind of said, well, Alice is my hero and all this. Then he finds out that I'm Christian. Uh-huh. All right? And now... Now I, uh, you know, I hate this guy. No, no, no. Blah, blah, blah. Really? What an asshole. Yeah, well, no, yeah, I got it. I understood what he was doing. Uh, and then we do a big festival. Where? In Transylvania. Alice Cooper and, oh, and Marilyn Manson and, in, in Transylvania. And oh. I'd never met him. We'd never met each other. I'm in my dressing room. He walks by and he goes, can I come in? And I went, yeah, come on in. And we sat and we talked. And all we talked about was marriage huh? because he had just gotten a divorce from uh, uh, what was her name? The burlesque. uh... Uh, Dita Von Teese. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. And Cheryl and I, you know, of course had the the very long lasting marriage. And we (laughs) sat and talked about marriage, which I thought we would have talked about Dracula or something. We're in Transylvania. (laughs) Later on, I realized that he's Johnny Depp's best friend. Yeah, And so now, I, I, we ended, ended up touring together. He, he, they opened for us. We had a, you know, it was, it was a, a, you know, really fun tour. And I got to know the other part of Marilyn Manson. Yeah. But total respect on both sides.
2: I would hope so. On, yeah. on his side to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh God. I, I, I got what he was doing, though. My idea was to outrage all the parents to the point where the kids loved us. Yeah, he he just did a different version of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. He did yeah. the, almost the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I, he was annoyed you were Christian. You know, I am too, of course. I have I'm a Jesus girl my whole life. He's tattooed on my back and
0: everything. Uh, that is and, that is great. I'm I, I, I sometimes teach Bible study on Wednesday mornings.
2: Wow. And people are so
0: shocked at that. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I it
2: makes sense to me. <laughs> well, you know, I,
0: nowhere in the Bible does it ever say you cannot be a rock star. I know. It, or many
2: fact, other things that people think it says. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. They, you know, I think that he gave me the talent to do what I do. And he says, look, be a rock star, but follow me. Yeah. And I went, oh, that sounds perfect. He was so rebellious for his time anyway. He was the number one rebellion of Absol- all time.
2: I agree. I agree. Was, I always we, tell people that. Nobody I say, ever. So you think you're a rebel, honey? Oh,
0: my gosh. He yeah. was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he was the the rebel, yeah.
2: Have you been to Jerusalem?
0: Yeah, Cheryl and I went, uh, we we did a show in Tel Aviv. Okay. And so we went to the old, you know, the old uh, city. And, How magic
2: uh, is that, man? It,
0: it is just something. It's like being in another world there.
2: It's hard to describe what it's like to be in those places where he walked and everything. That, it's and impossible it's, to put it into words right It
0: really is. I was more touched by the... Uh, the, uh, garden of Gethsemane.
2: Uh-huh.
0: When I saw that, that one really stopped me. Yeah. Because that's where he was praying, you know, if, if this has got to happen to me, oh, your will be done. And I just yes, went, your wow. Your will
2: be done. This, In fact, I, I have that tattooed on my shoulder. I that, will be done.
0: That, that was the most powerful place for me.
2: For me, it was the, the place where the cross had been.
0: Yes. That yes. hole. Yeah. That
2: you can get down and get close to, oh my right. God with yeah. the Frankincense pouring out of it. It was just right.
0: Golgotha <laughs> on Golgotha, the hill of Golgotha. Yes. Yeah. I want to go back. Well, well Cheryl's dad is a Baptist pastor, okay. and he does tours over there. He's the one that, that that used to do the tours, you know, the Holy Land tours. So Cheryl had been over there maybe four times.
2: Oh.
0: You know, this was my first time, and I just was—I was totally taken back. It,
2: it, there's yeah, <clears throat> you can't you can't expect the feelings you're going to have. It's just yeah it was yeah. very intense. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. And the Sea of Galilee and all those things. It was just magic. I had oh, to go. I, I went on a tour and, you know, I recommend going on an actual tour so you can.
0: Well, yeah. And the thing is, when you're in the old city and you look down and you realize there's another city under the city. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. Which
0: is the older city. Where's the older city? You, where you just walk? go, Oh my gosh, how old is this? Place? I, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you know we we think you know uh like Muson frank's is old you know yeah.
0: <laughs> still but my, my favorite, favorite restaurant my
2: favorite restaurant
0: yeah absolutely yeah. do you go
2: there when you come to town oh
0: absolutely and it's packed you mean you can't get in
2: i know it's I'm we're all praying it lives through the virus
0: yeah, yeah. you know a
2: yeah. lot of things are
0: well so it's a lot tighter where you guys are i think phoenix is a lot more open you know uh la is pretty tight my daughter calico lives in uh pasadena right and she's a groundling she's a, a an improv oh, comedian Oh,
2: how cool
0: and also the lead singer in a band called Bisto Blanco.
2: Friend, which... are all your kids musicians
0: all of them yeah Cal- <laughs> my youngest sonora sonora is here at the house now she's going to give me my fourth grandchild only oh. my first girl oh little uh well, we're gonna. I think we're gonna call her uh, Desiree Diaz. Nice. So Calico is whiter than you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Sonora. Sonora is whiter than you are. Uh-huh. And her name is Sonora Rosa Diaz. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe she identifies with her Latino brothers and sisters.
0: Well, her husband Diego Diaz is oh, really okay. Okay. a very very cool guy. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> so it'll
2: be ddd
0: yes okay
2: cool you you were actually supposed to be on tour right now right
0: we, we were in germany uh and we just finished berlin and they said you have 24 hours to get out of germany before we close the borders and i figured well okay it, maybe a month off will be something you know and then we'll oh. all start back up oh we're yeah going out till january you know
2: Yeah. That's what we thought. Yeah. Yeah. And it's California is bad. California. People are just messing off.
0: Well, do you know anybody that has this? Do you know anybody that has COVID? Yes.
2: I know several people who've had it.
0: I only know one person that even had it, which is weird. Don't you think?
2: Yes. Well, there's how many billions of us yeah. So you know, and it's two percent, I think, of people that get it. So, yeah. yeah, there could be wide swaths of people who who you who don't you know, who never know anyone who get it who had it. But I several people, John well, Prine died of it.
0: Yeah, I know John. Well, you know, and a lot of times, people that have had heart problems, that have lung problems, oh, have diabetes. On them.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and
0: and so when they die of usually heart failure, they go, "It was COVID." Yeah. And you go, "No, it wasn't."
2: i wonder no, if we we'll ever know the numbers who yeah. knows it's I too vast
0: so. I, I just hate it when it gets political when it gets oh political. yeah me too me too yeah. me too all of a sudden it's political now you know it should not be no
2: no i agree with you on that
0: yeah
2: no. uh tell us about your radio show that's gone i mean my god that's gone on for 15 years how do you keep that going for 15 years i want to know because i've been doing this for a year and a half <laughs> How do you do it for 15
0: years? Well, here was the great thing. Dick Clark, before he died, he said, if you had a radio show, what would it be? I said, I would take it back to 1970, Mm. where Mm -hmm. the disc jockey plays whatever he wants and talks about whatever he wants to talk about instead of a computer telling you what songs to play. Absolutely. I have a five-hour show. I talk about all the backstage. We talk about you all the time you know <laughs> and you know because i have all the backstage stories you sure do and
2: my god and you, and you obviously have a good memory you you got sober many years ago
0: well you know i don't let the truth get in the way of a good story but <laughs> but on top of it i play love i play the doors i play them i play uh-huh. all those bands that nobody else plays you know i play and, frank all the time
2: Oh, that's so cool. And and, yeah. and you, you tell little tidbits, right?
0: Yeah, I tell stories that, you know, I was I tell them. you know, I, I was over there one one night when Mick Jagger came in with um Marianne Faithful. Yep. And they were both so drunk that Frank threw them out.
2: You were there.
0: And I went, Holy crap, you can't yeah. throw Mick Jagger out I of know, the house. I
2: know Mercy was there that night because she there. tells that story.
0: Yes. About how
2: Frank kicked them out. Frank was so naive when it came to people being stoned. Yeah. In those days, you know, I'm not addictive, thank God, so nothing ever really got me. But I was trying things out, and I was on some, like, four reds at his house one night.
0: Oh, second (laughs) alls. Second alls, exactly. That was the whiskey-a-go-go drug.
2: (laughs) Yes, it was. I was many times on those there. But um, I was tripping. I, I was tripping over things, not tripping on acid. Yeah, I was yeah, tripping yeah. over things, and he said, "Are you okay?" He was very concerned. I said, "Oh, I think I'm coming down with the flu." Everybody faked him out. It was kind of sad,
0: really. Yeah. He was
2: so naive about it. Yeah,
0: he really was. He was not into that at all. You know, uh, I think I saw him drink beer, and that was it.
2: Well, I I never even saw that. I know that Mark and Howard got him to puff on one reefer. Yeah. And he said it did nothing to him. No, and he never tried it again. And well, he, Frank
0: was Frank was an alien anyway, so you yes, know, I he mean, was. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, tired. you'd go, you'd go over there, and I saw him give Jimi Hendrix a Wawa pedal. Wow! And you know, it was, what Jimmy and I were friends. I mean, Jimmy and I actually were pretty good friends. He was the first one that ever passed me one of those silly cigarettes. Oh yeah, Jimi Hendrix. And I went, "What do you do with it?" Oh.
2: Boy, that is quite a, even if you weren't one of the most famous people on earth, that is quite a claim to fame.
0: That's a pretty good claim to, to fame. That. yeah, that is.
2: Where were you when that happened?
0: It was in Arizona, actually. He played oh. a show in Arizona, and, wow. we, were, and we were at a, hotel, a Holiday Inn. <laughs> he passes me a joint, and I, of course, I took a hit of it. And then he puts a quarter in the bed and the bed starts shaking you know and he says we're on a spaceship man a spaceship. and i went okay he, thought he was on a spaceship <laughs> but he introduced us to shep oh see at the landmark right yeah because we were living at the chambers brothers house okay in the wow. basement in watts
2: and, oh my he, Lord. and
0: he knew that we he was getting his grass from shep so he told shep look shep you're a young Jewish guy, good looking guy with all this money. The police are going to totally figure this out that you're dealing to me and, and Jim, Jim Morrison and all the guys. And, you know, it's the landmark. And he says, I've got this band that needs a manager. And he sent sent us over there. I, I knocked on the door and I couldn't see anything for smoke. Oh. It, it was like a smoke oh. machine. I thought it was like a fog machine. <laughs> and I, we got through it, and there was Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix and all the guys, oh. probably some of the girls.
2: Yeah, we lived there.
0: there. And Shep comes out and hands me like a handful of grass, and he said, I'm <laughs> your new manager. And I went, thank you.
2: <laughs> wow. So you jumped in with both feet into the Hollywood scene.
0: Well, here was the crazy thing. We never had a manager before. We just got signed by Frank. So yeah. the next day we show up at the log cabin. Herbie's there, Herbie Cohen, who thinks he's our manager now. Oh, yeah. Which he... would have been the end of Alice Cooper, you know.
2: Yes. And You, you lucked
0: out. Yeah. And yeah. so Shep goes in and he says, the, the, Frank says, who's he? And I said, that's our manager. And he said, you didn't have a manager yesterday. <laughs> and, and I went, yeah, we met him last night.
2: Boy, was that fantastic timing.
0: But this is the great thing about it now. You know, Herbie. Yes. Um, Herbie takes Shep into the room. And at this time, we didn't have a dime. Uh, Honestly, we were as poor as could be. And we heard the number (sighs) $30,000, which was going to be like, to us, $3 million. Right? So Shep goes into the room with Herbie. Shep comes out. And we went, $30,000. And he goes, I took three, Uh, 3,000. And he goes, why? You know, I thought, oh, man, we got the worst manager of all time now. Yes, yes. And he says, well, I'm Jewish. Herbie's Jewish. He offered me 30,000 for publishing and writing and copywriting, Uh, uh, all that stuff. He says, and I figured if he wants to give up 30,000, it's worth 100 times more than that. So very, I,
2: I, very smart.
0: That's his first move as a manager. And I went, okay. <laughs> you that, you, you
2: that, trusted him from that moment, man. From that moment. Because on. he took all of our publishing. Not that it would be much money, I don't think.
0: <laughs> no, Herbie yeah. would have owned everything. If yeah. He, I know. Chef didn't come along. We'll you know, go. I
2: always had faith in him and liked him because he was so good to me. But when Cynthia when Cynthia Plastercaster wanted to get her her dicks back because he was taking care of them for her. He took her to court because he said they're mine now because I've had them for seven years in my vault. So she took him to court and he was really mean to me. He put, I was a character witness yeah. and he put, I was on the stand and they tried to say that we were lesbian lovers and everything and that's why I was on her side and stuff. And it was such bull. That yeah. wasn't true. I mean, if it had been true, fine, but it wasn't. So well, her, I, I lost her. all love for him. And Gail was so angry at me through the years for staying friendly with him. Well, Fra- you know, Frank, Fra- Frank even tie.
0: took Herbie to, to court. I mean, in the end, for years, it, Herbie...
2: it went on for years and Forever. years and years. Yeah. 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 It was pretty awful. But, you know, it was sure fun back then. It sure yeah, seemed yeah. like.
0: <laughs> well, it you know, awful- here's the here's the difference. We could care less about any of that. All we wanted to do was yeah. make a record. Right. And right. go on tour. Luckily, we had somebody that did see the future and did see where the money was coming from. And to this day, I do not know how much we make. I do not know how much I spend. All that <laughs> at the end of the year, I get a statement, and that's how much I trust Shep.
2: Wow, are you lucky, man?
0: Yeah, so you I don't always even told do Shep, your I don't,
2: taxes. You know, yeah, I, even... I have a
0: guy, Mark Sullivan, that does our taxes. Uh-huh. I've never. I'm always ahead on my taxes, not behind. You know, and so I'm always behind. Yeah. Well. <laughs> We learned a long time ago, we don't want to end up owing $70 million oh, yeah. because somebody <laughs> forgot to pay the taxes, you know.
2: No. You have a girl guitarist now, don't you?
0: Nita Strauss.
2: Yeah. Hurricane
0: I... Nita Strauss.
2: Oh, that is so cool.
0: It, it, look her up. She oh, just won guitarist of the decade. Wow. And what, she... in,
2: in Guitar Player Magazine
0: or something? Yes. Yeah? She's wow. this blonde bombshell. And I first saw her, uh, well, I had Orianti in the band before that. And Orianti was this incredible... She played with Michael Jackson. Oh, yes, I remember, yeah. And yeah,
2: yeah. she
0: came into my band, killer guitar player. And then she went <laughs> off with Richie Sambora to do an album. Mm. So I'm looking for a shredder. I've already got two great guitar players in the band, Ryan Roxy and Tommy Hendrickson. And I listened to this tape and I went, who is this? And they said, that's Hurricane Nita Strauss. And I went and, I went and saw her play and I went... Oh my gosh, she belongs in this band.
2: Oh, good, good.
0: She came in and absolutely one of the sweetest people. She's a believer also. (sighs) Just takes but she takes over the stage. Honestly, I mean, I've got to work hard so that she doesn't upstage me every oh. night. <laughs> oh, but killer so, guitar player! You should hear her play. I mean, she is a, you know, uh, other guitar players. The guys cannot say enough about her.
2: Cool. It's always nice to have a chick.
0: Yeah, and she's. Really I mean, important. she just takes over that stage. It's a, uh, more energy than you can imagine.
2: Does she dress the part? I oh yeah. Him.
0: All black, yeah. <laughs> you know, and she looks believe me, she looks like a Victoria's secret model and plays like Steve. Vai.
2: Oh, Steve. Vai. yeah. Another mother.
0: That's her, <laughs> that's her hero.
2: Okay. Well, he yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I've interviewed him too. You know, I've, I've, I was a journalist too, for years and years and years when, when that had actually paid some money. Yeah. And now I have this podcast and the column and, um,
0: well, the book, the book did well, didn't it?
2: Yeah, the book did really well, and I've written several more since then.
0: Yeah, yeah. But so, I remember yeah. that, that main book was, uh, you know, everybody talked about that book. Yes, it cont-
2: well, it was kind of a first of its kind, a woman's point of view from that time frame. And yeah. talking about my romantic liaisons, I got so much crap. When, when I did TV shows and I was, yeah. I was people just hurling insults at me that I was, you know, you can imagine.
0: <laughs> well, if everybody has this stereotypical thought about what a groupie is.
2: Yes, I know. Isn't that sad still? That's I the still... Hollywood
0: version. That's the yeah. Hollywood version of what a groupie is. <sighs>
2: and and the word, it just means gr- being with a group. It doesn't say anything about getting under the sheets. A yeah. Groupie is just someone who hangs around with a group for all kinds of reasons. So it's, you know, this country is very uptight sexually anyway.
0: Well, I mean, it, it what it did that. was it 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 was sort of like you guys became this iconic thing that probably every housewife wanted to be. Yeah, I agree. You know, that was their youth. <laughs> you guys were representing their youth. But now they're married. They have kids. Yes. So they kind of went. Oh man, I would have been a GTO if I could. Yes. <laughs> it's like everybody yes. wants to be a rock star, right? You know,
2: and 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 all different. You know, I have fifteen year olds who reach out to me now. So every generation still wants to live at that time when where we were fortunate enough to be in the thick, in the center of this incredible third eye of the rock and roll storm. I mean, it was amazing.
0: It was. Well, a, it was the one time when the record companies wanted everybody to be individual. They yeah. wanted Alice to sound like Alice. They wanted Bowie to sound like Bowie. They wanted Elton to sound like Elton, you know, yeah. and they didn't want people sounding like you. Yeah. You know, they wanted you to be creative, you know. And, and, and I, you
2: could do more than one record. You could do, you know, oh, they gave you chances, you know. 20, to
0: 20 records. When we were with Warner Brothers, they didn't want two records. They wanted 20 records, oh, you know.
2: Oh my God.
0: But that so. was a very creative time in rock and roll and those songs that's why those songs still stand up totally if you really yeah, listen to the radio that. yeah all those always... bands were great songwriters and yes. those songs still stand up because we were a little bit closer to the beatles you we think learned... that
2: word, that's where
0: it all stems from oh absolutely you know huh. think of it we were the bands that that were inspired when we saw this band called the beatles We all wanted to be like them, so we all learned how to write like them. And then we took it in our own direction. Yeah. You take bands now, young bands, and you listen to it and you go, where's the song? Totally. I get it, you're you're angry, you know, but where's the song here? And, And I tell them, I said, I want you to listen to three albums. I want you to listen to The Beach Boys.
2: Absolutely. I want
0: you to listen to The Beatles and The Four Seasons. The and they go, why? why? I said, because those songs were perfect. Okay. And now write me that angry song, but in this form. They can't uh-huh. do it. They can't do it.
2: <laughs> my, uh, my third one would be Dylan, because I think Dylan uh, put the gravitas in, into rock and roll. He, he was and, the
0: poet laureate. Yes. He was the so, poet. So, that yeah, nobody I can always deny. say the
2: Beatles, the Beach Boys, and Dylan. Those are yeah. my... Yeah, yeah, three. Well, I was
0: thinking more of the construction of a song, like it kind of went off, you know. A lot oh, yeah,
2: of... he, there's no construction there.
0: But when you, or oh, I, I even told him, I said, if you're really going to be good about this, I want you to listen to Burt Bacharach,
2: right? A perfect because songwriter, he wrote yeah.
0: perfect songs. Yes, I said, totally. now you could take Walk On By or any of those songs, look at how it's constructed, and then write an angry song with that kind of. Construction. Yes. yes. They, they go, no, nah, beat with this germ, <laughs> and then I'll yell at you all night. And I go, okay. And I don't get it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I bet people were, were surprised that Alice Cooper told them to listen to Bert Bacharach.
0: Oh. You think so? I remember sitting at our house in Venice <laughs> with Pink Floyd. The guys in Pink Floyd, Sid yes. Barrett, the whole guys.
2: Yes. Oh, early a,
0: guys. Listening to a Burt Bacharach album. And all of us going... Hear what he did there? He he went from there to there. And we were talking about the construction of the songs. And we weren't listening to Burt Bacharach because it was schmaltzy. We were listening to it because it was perfectly written.
2: Well, they were, and also they were all hits.
0: Everything. And
2: everybody wants a hit.
0: You could could hear it one time and sing it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now I'll be singing his songs all day.
0: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) good.
2: (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk about Keith Moon a little bit because, oh. well, you knew everybody. You knew absolutely yeah, everybody. He was
0: my brother, though. I, mean, I know he was,
2: he was like, and that's yeah. why. And that was a difficult time in your life too, though, right? I mean,
0: well, I was drinking with the boys. I mean, I, yes. I certainly was. Uh, that was vampire days, you know, yeah. Hollywood vampire days, and I think it was kind of required that well, we were out of control. It so, was so you're good.
2: You're glad you had that phase.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 All right i mean harry nielsen every night yes keith,
2: i met keith. harry nielsen with with keith keith was my LA, i was his la girl for quite some time oh he like, was the best like three years right I, I, before you started right before you started hanging out with him because when you started ha- spending time with him i had just met michael oh, okay yeah and keith was not happy about that he well, was Ke- really pissed off so I, I never saw him again
0: you, you could tell a hundred stories about keith moon yes <laughs> I yes. could tell a hundred different yes. stories. Yes. Harry Nielsen could tell a hundred different stories. Yes. And every one of them, you'd go, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he was like a little kid that needed Ritalin.
2: Oh, oh my God. It, it, and he, he was obviously bipolar.
0: And he would you know, wear if you out. You think out. about it now. He would just wear you out. I'll, I'll tell you a totally. great story. Okay. Here, here's, here's the great story. Cheryl and I are married for one year. All right. Cheryl's 18. Yeah, He's classically trained, you know, Rachmaninoff and all this. So she's just barely understanding who anybody is. I come home one day. We come home to the house, open the door, and Keith Moon is standing there in a French maid's outfit. And he's going, oh, Monsieur Alice, I have dusted the whole house, and uh, I would like the night off if I could. And I went, oh, yeah, Keith, no problem at all. I just well, took it in stride, you know. Of and course. And Cheryl goes... You'd have to. Cheryl goes, who is he? <laughs> or what is he? Yeah, what and I, is he? And I said, Cheryl, he's the greatest drummer of all time. Yes, yes. That's all you have to know. And yes. after two or three days, he will be one of your best friends.
2: Yes, so lovable. He was the
0: sweetest guy on the planet. Just. And, but he would wear you out.
2: He wore me out. Uh, you know, I would spend... The- Two weeks with him are like ten days, you know. He had to stay at the uh, the Century Plaza Hotel finally because he was kicked out of every hotel in Hollywood. So we went to the Century Plaza Hotel one time, and he even then he had to pretend he was somebody else. So he <laughs> we went to Western costume. He probably did that stuff with him and rented a, a long red velvet ermine-lined cape, and we went to the the hotel, and. Dougal you knew Dougal I'm sure Dougal preceded us and he said I have Count Moon from some country that he made up and he'd like to stay here and we, we need a penthouse anyway he did it there was no way to look that shit up and he got to stay we stayed in the penthouse uh for like 10 days and like the day after we we made that happen you know he made me stand out on the balcony. He said, here, stand out. I'm, I'm going to show you something. uh Oh, you know, if he said that, oh we're gosh. in for it. Yeah. So there was a huge fountain. I don't know if you remember right across yes. the street yeah. from the century Plaza where all the presidents stayed. It's a miracle <laughs> that worked out. And he had a giant box of tide. I saw him hustle across the street <laughs> and he dumped the entire box of tide into that fountain and <gasps> was so gleeful. He was like a little imp and, as soon as he got up stairs and onto the balcony with me, it started to happen. Oh my god. Bubbles. It was I Love Lucy times a thousand. The bubbles started frothing, frothing, frothing all the way like a block or two high, rolling down both sides of the street stopping all the traffic. And of course, no one caught him. And that's that he loved that the most when he could get away oh, with something.
0: Oh, I know. He and, he would he had a Did you remember when he had he had this gigantic 1925 Rolls-Royce. Yeah. And he took all the seats out and put a throne in it in the back.
2: <laughs> yes, I heard about it. So I didn't see that. That was could, probably he, after our time together. Oh he could
0: ride down Hollywood Boulevard dressed as the <laughs> Queen of England, pure <laughs> Queen of England, and yes. he would be up the top going and oh god. That's a, but he was wonderful. Okay, now here's the great story. Okay, this is the great story uh, Mae West did a play called sex debt in the twenties and literally got thrown in jail for it. Cause it was too racy for anything. She decides to do, redo the movie in 1978, but a whole new version of it. All right. But now she's 86 years old, yes. you know, a little bit different in but she's still playing the part of the sexy.
2: Oh, I know. Thing. I remember.
0: All right. So it's Keith Moon, uh, Ringo, Timothy Dalton, uh, the Dom Deloise, George Raft. So we're all sitting around the table. And at one point I said, you know, after I did my scene today, she kind of came up to me and she said, why don't you come back to my trailer, you know? And I went, because you're 86? And I'm not sure if you're a woman. (laughs) And she goes- No one ever knew. No, and she says, oh, I'm all woman. And everybody at the table was, she came on to me with the same thing. Oh! She came on to me, and everybody's looking at each other. And then we get to Keith Moon, and he's like this. And I went, no. He and, would. And he he would. Went, When are you going to get a chance to say that you slept with Mae West? <laughs> and I, we all looked at him and went, wow. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> that
2: is so and, wonderful. And I
0: just, we all kind of stood up and
2: applauded he did it oh my god but the look <laughs> on his
0: face the look on his face oh, was this oh
2: oh i know the look very good imitation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh well thank you alice it's been such a thrill to chat with you i you know i just adore you you're, you're such a beautiful part of my history and thank you so much for sharing all these wonderful stories oh i love Pamela, it
0: so you're as glamorous as ever uh, it's always fun to talk to you because I mean we have the same reference points oh I know you know born the same
2: year and yeah had the same first record company and all those things
0: everything and you look wonderful you really do
2: thank you Alice lots of love to you Okay, how was that? Was that like one of the most splendid experiences you've ever had? Well, it was for me. It was so fun to see Alice. He had a little tiny pencil mustache. It was sort of, you know, like old-timey, almost dolly-ish to see him <laughs> in a little mustache. It was so cute. And he was just so charming and, and just so, like we had such a cool connection. Like I had just seen him yesterday. Anyway, I want to thank Alice Cooper for being on my show. And I want to thank you for listening dolls. And remember you can always catch up with me on all the social platforms and please listen to our Pantheon podcasts. and um, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day or night or life. Bye bye.
1: You've been listening to Pamela DeBar's pajama party. Produced by Aaron Alden and Christian Swain. All sound design by Jerry Danielson and Busy Signal Studios. Find Miss Pamela at Pamela DeBar on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Find all the Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash pantheonpodcasts, rock and roll archaeology on Instagram, and pantheonpods on Twitter. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.